0: Bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy, it's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today, and I love Foodie Friday, and I am thrilled to have the wonderful Dr. Robin Miller. We're going to be talking about her book, Healed Health and Wellness for the 21st Century, Wisdom, Secrets, and Fun, straight from the Leading Edge. Hello, Dr. Miller. Welcome. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello, thank you.
0: It's great to have you on. You know, I love that you have apples on the front of the book and you have a a couple, like a nice drawing of a couple dancing and it's like joyous and yummy and (laughs) like all the things that I love. So I think it's so nice and I think food is such a huge part of our healing. Let's jump in and talk about your background. What got you interested in integrative medicine?
1: Well, um, I'm a conventionally trained physician. And I remember in the beginning, I was doing a lot of research in preventive cardiology. Um, I did a fellowship at Johns Hopkins, and that's what I did. Um, So we were trying to help families at high risk for heart disease avoid the same fate as the people in their family. And at that time, we really focused on eating healthy, exercise, you know, reducing stress, doing all those good things that we know are good for you. And then I went into private practice. And I remember it was in the early 90s. Um, I uh, was giving a lecture to my colleagues about how to prevent heart disease. And one of them stood up and said, Oh, they don't have to worry about eating anymore. Patients don't because we have statin drugs now. They can eat their Twinkies and take their statin drugs. Oh. No problem. We can take care of that. Oh, my gosh. That's outrageous. And I was appalled, to say the least. But that was sort of yes. foreshadowing what was going on in my practice where I noticed that I was. Um, prescribing a lot of medications because that's what people wanted. It was sort of the beginning of a pill for every ill. And I was practicing one day. I was seeing a patient writing my 10th prescription and saying, you know what? This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't helping her. She really needs me to talk to her and get to the root of her problem. And actually that was the day I I quit. (laughs) And then I went and did a fellowship with Dr. Andrew Weil in Arizona. And, um, I started integrative medicine, and I started practice about 11 years ago. Um, I spent an hour and a half with each new patient. I actually know my patients now, and I actually can help them more with lifestyle changes and really about, bottom line, what they're eating and what they're doing. And that's how I became an integrative medicine physician, and I really believe that it's made a huge difference in my patients' lives and makes me a lot happier going to work. (laughs) So that's how it all progressed.
0: Oh, I bet I'm. My mind is blown by the Twinkie thing, and at the same time, it's not because every time I see a commercial for the purple pill or one of those, you know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. showing people eating crap, eat this crap, and then take this pill. It's like, no, take care of yourself, <laughs> you know.
1: Yes, try, and try to make some healthy changes. Yeah, that's what patients sometimes want. They want that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, how do you get them to
0: not like if they come in wanting that? How do you get them not to want that? Like, how do you get them to see the light, basically?
1: Well, basically. Number one, I can, uh, you know, appeal to their practical side. This medicine's mm. really expensive. There's other ways we can do this where you'll <laughs> ultimately be healthier and it'll save you a lot of money. <laughs> so that's uh-huh. one thing. But honestly, people don't come to me who don't want to change because of the kind of practice that I have. So it's not hard for me oh, to convince them. Most people want to get off their medication. So if yeah, you that can makes say, sense. you know, they I can know get that. you off your medication if you do this. They'll, they'll usually do this, do it eventually. It takes a while sometimes.
0: And maybe it's also about they're not really sure exactly what to do because there's a lot exactly. of conflicting information or they don't know where to start or they need support, right?
1: Exactly. And, you know, okay. in, with these 10-minute visits that most physicians are doing, they don't have time to say, this is these are the steps I would take. This is how I think you should proceed. And I will be there with you. I will be your partner in this. And that just doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately, but it does in in my practice and other integrative medicine practices.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Well, let's jump into the book. So in part one, you learn about your heart, your brain, and your gut. We're hearing more and more about the gut, but start with the heart. And you know, there's a lot of conflicting information right now about saturated fat not being as bad as they said it was, and it's really the refined flours and sugars. And where do you stand on this?
1: Um, Well, I actually... My favorite diet for patients is the Mediterranean style diet. Mm, so yes. it's a plant mostly plant based diet or having lean protein. And it's a whole foods, healthy foods that you can actually eat for life. So I believe that the healthier fats and the whole foods are the way to go. And we know from research that the Mediterranean style diet has all the things you need. Have a healthy heart, healthy brain, healthy body. So that's sort of where I where I stand on that. Um, and then there's actually very interesting um, new research showing there's a new risk factor called TMAO, and that combines the heart with the gut. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. trimethylamine oxide is something that's released in your gut from gut bacteria when they eat foods that are high in L carnitine and choline. So bread, um, meat egg yolks, farm-raised fish, all increase TMAO in your gut. TMAO is a strong risk factor for stroke and heart attack, better than cholesterol in terms of risk. So TMAO is something that people should be aware of. They should be careful of how much red meat they're consuming and egg yolks as well and farm-raised fish. Um, There are some ways to combat it, and that is if you take grapeseed extract, Cook or eat with extra virgin olive oil. And believe it or not, Guinness Stout helps lower TMAO levels in your gut. Really? Don't know why, but it does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh, you know, that's so interesting because I heard about this recently because I think they've been focusing on the saturated fat, but it sounds like they need to be also focusing on the T. What was it again? T. TMAO. TMAO. And, tr- and yeah. pronounce that again?
1: Trimethylamine oxide.
0: Trimethylamine oxide. Okay. So Cleveland but, Clinic did, done you, did you a say lot stout, of the stout?
1: What was it? Beer, that?
0: is that what were you say yes, beer Guinness is good stout. for that? Okay. Guinness stout. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Cleveland Clinic has done the research on this and they will do the blood test if you're interested in knowing what your TMAO levels are. So it they actually will pay the drawing fee at the blood at the blood lab. And They, uh, the test costs like $6. So if you want to know what your level is, you do it fasting and ask your doctor to order the kit and you take the kit to the lab, then you'll know. (laughs) So I have patients where they had, they had a heart attack or stroke and there's no risk factors. I'm like, how can this be? But they had elevated TMAO levels. Pretty interesting.
0: Oh my gosh, that's fascinating. So they, so we want to get that checked
1: out. Yes, at least talk to your doctor about it. In, in the book, on, in the back of the book, on page 181, I have a cheat sheet at the back where you can ask for all these things that we're going to be talking about with your doctor.
0: Oh, that's great. But you say the meta-training is the way to go for your heart, your brain, and your gut.
1: I believe so. And it's one that's been tested over and over again. And it explains why... They're like our areas in Italy and all over Europe where people have cholesterols 300 and greater, and yet they're healthy. They don't have heart attacks. Part of that's genetics, but also I think part of it's how they eat.
0: Well, for people, I mean, I think most people are familiar with the Mediterranean diet, but you said, so it's mostly plant-based because I think people picture, you know, pasta and chicken and things like that, which there's probably some, but it's mostly mm-hmm. whole yes. grains and mostly vegetables, healthy fats.
1: Yes. Healthy fats, olive oil. little bit of red wine it's all good for you nice
0: the other i'm a big fan um, of avocado oil
1: oh i think it's good um there's a new oil that i learned about at a nutrition conference with andrew Wilde called thrive Have have you heard of it
0: no i haven't
1: it's algae oil oh and it is excellent and you can cook with it and it's really good for your heart, your brain, everything. And it's not expensive. It's called Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E. Excellent for you.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Okay, because I've heard great things about algae.
1: Yes, good for you. And this this oil in particular is wonderful. We've started using it at home. Really? Oh, that's so we actually cool. We talked about I it in the lecture, and we ordered it right away on, on Amazon. <laughs>
0: I know, I'm like, okay, listen, Dr. Mills, it's been great talking to you, but I gotta go, I gotta go over some <laughs> algae oil. No, I'll wait until after the show. Uh, okay, so in part two, we're gonna talk, you talk about uh, overcoming depression and sadness without the drugs. Okay, so this is big. So eating a yes. good diet's gonna help. Let's talk about how we overcome these things because drugs are so prevalent now, which we talked about at the beginning, the right. prescription drugs.
1: So there's a gene test that I do on all my patients. It's called MTHFR. M is in man. THFR, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. It's a gene, and what it does is it codes for enzymes in your gut that help metabolize and process folic acid, folic acid or folates in green leafy vegetables or vitamins that we take. So when you take in folic acid or folate, a series of enzymes in your gut metabolize them and turn them into and turn them into L-methylfolate. L-methylfolate is the precursor to serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, all those things that make you feel good and give you energy. So if you have one mutation on that gene, which most of us do, I think 60% of Americans do, your levels are down by about 30%. If you have two, it's down by about 74%. And that's the way you've always been your whole life. Um, If I give you L-methylfolate, You'll see your energy level may improve and your mood as well. It's not foolproof, but it definitely helps. So, when people come to me with new onset depression, I always check that and I always try the L methylfolate first. The other interesting thing about L methylfolate is that your gut is lined with brain cells. If I looked at your gut cell under a microscope, it would look exactly like a brain cell. And so, therefore, you're, you still need, you know, it's serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, all those things are part of your gut as well. So if I give you L-methylfolate and you have mutations, then it may help your irritable bowel if that's something you suffer with as well. So it's huge. It's a little thing, but it's huge. And Now what um, is this? Is this a pill or how do you take it? It is a vitamin. It's considered medicinal food. You can get it over the counter. Okay. You can get it online. Um, if you're one of those people who doesn't want to get the test. You want to see if it makes a difference. You can do that, but start at a low level, a, a, a small amount. Because um, even when I know that ultimately I'm going to be prescribing about 15 milligrams for someone if they have two mutations, oftentimes I'll just start at five. Because if I give you serato- give you the l methylfolate and boost your serotonin levels immediately, it's something you're not used to. <laughs> And it can make you agitated and keep you awake at night. So it starts, start oh, low and work that. your way up.
0: It's pretty So if profound. you don't have that gene, then you take it, does it do anything or no? You have to no, have, you have to be you. missing it. Okay. No, yeah. But it won't, it won't make you me. happier.
1: <laughs> Pro, well, it could because, because we oh. only test for two mutations. There are actually 40 potential mutations. So even when people take it and they say they feel better and they don't have the mutations, that's probably why. The only ones we test for, um, you know, there are others as well. There's a total of 40.
0: Ah, okay, that's interesting. Well, let's jump into coffee and chocolate. I don't drink coffee, but I'm a huge fan of my dark chocolate, which I eat 70% or higher every day. And you say this can help you live longer. Oh, thank you. And be happier. And I get the very low sugar kind. Yes, well,
1: really that's good. It's really good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of wonderful things in chocolate. Um, and some actually are the precursors to serotonin. So that can make you happy as well. <laughs> um, and they found that um, it can actually improve your brain health. So they did a study of 44,000 people who ate chocolate. 22% were less likely to suffer a stroke than those who did not they're 46% less likely to die as a result as well. So not only can it make us feel better, but it actually definitely may help us live longer. It's also good for the heart as well. And um, they did a study in um, England and they took 470 elderly men and found that cocoa reduced the risk of cardiovascular disease by 50% over a 15-year period in these people. Now, were they healthier to start with? I don't know. But definitely chocolate, it helps for sure. And in seniors, when they gave them cocoa twice a day, they found it actually improved blood flow in those people who had decreased blood flow. Didn't do anything for the people that had normal blood flow. They just enjoyed the chocolate, (laughs) but definitely (laughs) helped. (laughs) And- what about the coffee? Oh, go on. Let let me tell you one cool thing about chocolate. One, One last thing. So if you are like, at a theater, and you are one of these people who's prone to coughing. If you took a square of dark chocolate, a tiny little square, and let it melt on your tongue, you would stop coughing for an hour. Really? Yes, but so try it. It would totally work.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I'm so well, glad you told us that.
1: that's a cough suppressant, so it totally works. <laughs>
0: Oh my! Now, how did you? Do, is that something you read, or was that by trial and error? You just were like at the theater and happened to have a piece of chocolate and went, "Hey, my coffee went away." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, Dr. Teodrona Lodog, who's like the herbal queen, she oh, said love her, she, yes, yeah, she talked about it, and I tried it. I'm like, you're right, it totally works.
0: <laughs> oh, that is cool. No, hasn't there been some new information about coffee recently? Because you hear it's good, not good for you. It is good for you. It is not good. For you. Now you're hearing it is good for you. So this is what's. So what's going on with coffee?
1: Yeah, it will help you live longer. That was what the study showed. Um, Coffee's interesting. So I love coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. And I'm always looking for things to dissuade me from drinking it because I'm so worried. Like, maybe it's not so good for me. But it is. So in the beginning, when they did the initial research on coffee, they said it increased the risk for pancreatic cancer. But that wasn't the case. The research was flawed. So what they had done was they took people with pancreatic cancer and looked at their consumption of coffee and compared it to people in the hospital with gastrointestinal issues and looked at their coffee consumption. And Of course, people in the hospital were told to not drink coffee if they had reflux or other GI issues. And so it, it made it look like coffee was the culprit, but it wasn't. And in fact, coffee can decrease the risk of certain cancers, endometrial cancer and pancreatic cancer being one of them. It also helps prevent Parkinson's disease, ringing of the ears in women. It helps with depression. It definitely helps you to focus, especially if you drink it first thing in the morning and you're a little out of it. Coffee definitely will boost your ability to be more alert. And um, they the recent study showed that I think you live 20, 20% longer. If you drink coffee, I don't oh. know. We'll see. But it's, yeah. I don't see any downsides unless, of course, you're drinking mocha lattes with that are 700 calories. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, that's not what Reece we're talking Lux, about. <laughs> yeah, blocks <Reece> <laughs> is probably not a good thing. And if you drink it too close to when you go to bed at night, that's also not a good thing if it keeps you awake.
0: Yeah, see, that's my big fear is that it's going to keep me awake. But I should just have some in the morning because I actually like it and then just yeah, try you know, see one how morning, i feel see
1: what happens um it also okay. helps the the newest research that just came out last week showed it it reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes and oh, researchers cool. always thought it was the caffeine but it's not there's something in it uh, an element called cafestol and cafestol is what's reducing the risk for type 2 diabetes so they're going to try and isolate that and maybe turn that into a diabetes drug we'll see
0: Really? Wow. God, you know so much. I <laughs> so I just think you're so wonderful and you have such a great laugh. All right. So we only have about seven minutes left and there's so much to talk about. So you've got improving your sex life, which is always great. Uh, think, scream, cream. You got expl- to tell us about this one. And then I love in the book, I, you know, I mentioned the dancers on the cover, the nice little drawing. And you talk about how dancing, you have hard evidence to keep your brain and body young, improve your social life and your love life, make you a happier person. You also have information in the book about stop dying dieting and lose weight, maintaining a healthy weight. So I'll have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about. But let's try to fit in some sex and dancing right okay, now. Okay, so <laughs> well, maybe <sex. laughs> So I got to go, right? I got to go, so... right? fit in the sex and the dancing. <laughs> i just got to get
1: that in before we end. <laughs> so here's the thing. Sometimes as we get older, our sensation diminishes or you'll be on medications that will diminish your sensation and make orgasm difficult. So we have something called cream cream. It's a combination of Viagra, aminophylline, and arginine, all things that dilate blood vessels. So women will apply it to the clitoral area and wait just like the men have to for about 45 minutes. And then, bingo, <laughs> you're 16 again. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it has wow. to be compounded. And most compounding pharmacies actually make it. Some use, really? Yeah, some use nitroglycerin instead of aminophylline. But the nitroglycerin may give you a whopping headache. So I wouldn't go with that one. Oh. Um, oh.
0: And, and, and what do you ask for when you're at the pharmacy? Uh,
1: you ask for cream cream. Most really? Cool. Okay. Or <laughs> Sedanafil or Viagra cream for women. It's great. So that, you know, women who've had breast cancer and can't be on hormones, great for them. It's great for women on antidepressants because that's what antidepressants often do is decrease sensation. And it's just good to, for fun. <laughs> it sounds no good for fun. And no, not at fun, all. Ballroom dancing is probably a great way to have fun and exercise and it does help your brain. So I have to just slip in this amazing study that was done in New York at Albert Einstein Medical School. And what they did was they took seniors and followed them for 5 years. After 5 years, 124 of them had developed dementia. So they looked back to see what activities they had done in their life, and they found that there are certain activities that don't protect you from Alzheimer's. That would include bicycling, golfing, swimming. Um, There are activities that do. So 37% of them were um, big readers. 47% did crossword puzzles. There was a 76% decreased risk in Alzheimer's with ballroom dancing two to three times a week.
0: Oh, that's cool. Well, you really have to, yeah, I was about to say bad joke, be yes. on your toes. So, and I actually didn't even mean it as a pun, but you got to be huh? able to pay attention and right and think about what you're doing right. and have coordination. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, so um, actually I said one couple things incorrectly. So the risk oh. was decreased by 37% with the frequent readers and the risk was decreased by 45 or 47% with those who did cross or puzzle. So those things are protected okay. as well. I don't want people thinking that's dangerous for the brain because it's not. <laughs> don't
0: do that. <laughs> Even the dancing is so much fun. And reading. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Miller, you are so fantastic. Tell us, before I let you go, tell us a little bit about, how do you pronounce it? Is it Triune, me- yes, uh, triune integrated medicine? Integrative Medicine?
1: Medicine. Mm-hmm. That's my clinic. Okay. And you can find out more at triunemed.com. And we have a book website, wellhealed.net. And if people want to get the book, it's on Amazon.com. And you can also purchase it through our website.
0: Oh, that's great. And you're in Oregon?
1: I'm in Medford, Oregon, Southern Oregon. Oh,
0: oh, nice. All right. And so people come to see you for all kinds of issues and they leave with scream cream and dancing. I'm, I mean, and much more <laughs> obviously, but hell, like, sign me up. I mean, I don't know I've it's never coffee. heard of this. And it's chocolate, coffee. you come out with a so big happy. gift bag. <laughs> Dr. Miller, you're just delightful. Tell us, are you on social media as well? Uh, Give us your, uh, I know you're on Twitter at rmillermd and you're on Facebook as well, Doc Robin Miller. Yes.
1: And um, we also have a uh, a website on Facebook, Healed, H-E-A-L-E-D.
0: Well, I definitely (laughs) want to have you back. I really do. There's a lot to talk about. You are super fun and (laughs) there's so much more. And I just want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I love Foodie Friday. I can't wait. I'm going to start drinking coffee. I got to get some more dark chocolate. I got to get some scream cream and go dancing and have a great time. You can check us out on social media at Talk Healthy the number two day on Snapchat and Twitter and Talk Healthy Today podcast on Facebook. Everybody, go dancing, have some fun, and stay well.